Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and it's showtime here in Berks County with our show, The Watchman, folks. We're sounding the alarm right now with the apparel and the uncertainty that lie ahead every day. And uh, it's very, very competitive right now out there because we're seeing it everywhere in our show. And, uh, you know, we, we watch it. And that's why you guys tune in every week for us. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're on the phone. We're tr trying to get Annette on the phone. We may or may not be able to get her. If we don't get her, we'll have to do the show without her today. But uh, Annette Baker, if she can get on with us, will be she's our environmental science expert, homeschool teacher. And uh, and uh, she's our show host. She's on our, she's our show co-host. She's on every week with us. We'll try to get her on. We seem to be having some trouble with that. But in the meantime, until we get her on, uh, we just want to help listen. We want to open ourselves up to all of our listeners here. And thank you all for being with us today and being with us every day, every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. right here on this show, this station, uh, AM Radio 11, WFYL. We appreciate you all being with us today. We're going to talk a little bit about the election results and, uh, you know, and, and where we're at on this. Um, folks, it's just an amazing phenomenon what we, uh, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what, what we're seeing every day with the election results. And it's just amazing. As Merrick Garland now is announcing another another special counsel in three years. And uh, it's just an amazing phenomenon. So we're seeing this again. Why is Merrick Garland doing this? Why is he doing this? You know, why is he doing this? I don't know why he's doing that. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we, 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 we have to ask ourselves, he's doing this for the reasons of being, it's all politicized. And, uh, and I just, uh, I don't know why he's doing this other than the fact he's trying to make a case out of it again and again and again, but it's a special counsel. We all know what happened in the last special counsel. We remember what happened there, folks. And we had, uh, what we had with the special counsel before. And we had uh, the, the everybody but Trump was colluding with the Russians. Remember that special counsel? OK. And we had uh, Emmett, Emmett Sullivan, who is the judge over there, basically insisting that, you know, Flynn did that, you know, the Flynn uh, basically protecting Flynn, if you will. And uh, if it wasn't for him, he would have uh, we'd have seen General Flynn in jail. We would have seen that happen. They were released some time ago. And now they're, they're now, uh, basically, uh, the documents were released. But if, they, if it wasn't for J Judge Sullivan, OK, then we would have had a bigger problem. OK, because Flynn, I mean, they basically put Flynn behind bars, which, again, happened. We saw it happen. OK, uh, we wouldn't have learned what what we know now had Flynn got back on. OK, our producer is going to try to get Annette back on the line if he can get her on the phone. So uh, while I'm going on with our show, he's trying to get her on the phone again, trying to dial her up and yep, try to get her on the line. OK, Annette, you're back with us again. OK, hey, don't hey. get off the line this time. OK, Annette, Sorry we're talking about a little bit no. about. Yeah, we're talking a little it's, we're talking a little bit about the <laughs> Russian collusion right now, and we're talking a little bit about what's going on with Russia, the Russian collusion. Now, it looks like Merrick Garland's trying to recreate the, the Russian collusion. Uh, he, you know, he, he's appointing a special counsel again. Is it because he's looking for Russian collusion? Is he looking for the Hunter Biden laptop? What, what is Merrick Garland trying to create this special counsel <laughs> for, Annette? Well, this is a special counsel to run interference, I think, uh, with the... Uh, investigation into the Biden, you know, the Biden crime family. Um, supposedly, you know, this is this is what they're looking at now. Um, the Republicans have announced has led people uh, astray on, on just how involved he was and his family was and, you know, different things that have been going on. So I think this is to distract and hopefully, you know, hopefully run interference um, for the the 
for President Biden and his family. I think that's a lot of what is motivating the special counsel um, because it's directly to provide, in their words, oversight um, with the investigations that are going on uh, so by the, the attorney, incoming the, House members. We're seeing the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, acting in ways that the former Attorney General Barr did not act, which is basically acting as interference for the president. Correct. I, you know, this is this is something that, um, you know, once again, uh, it's just aston- astonishing to me uh, to see yet another special counsel uh, being appointed. And, you know, they still haven't found the laptop. And that's something oh. that, you know, that it, people have said that that may have changed the way that they would have voted in in the presidential election and i think that the american people deserve to know the truth behind what's on that laptop and you know how involved was the president in hunter biden's uh dealings in other countries i mean president trump was was accused of of having done a number of things that were considered quote-unquote treasonous you know thus the attempted impeachments um and here we have you know potentially treasonous actions by a sitting president as well, you know, that they're, that they're saying, you know, these may, may be uh, impeachable offenses. Um, you know, and this is something that uh, is, is definitely going to be, a, a, I think, a game changer in a lot of ways. Uh, the problem is, though, how do you get information out to the people without um, significant bias uh, tainting the way it's perceived. Well, what and we I do is we, we just difficult. We, well, we'll have debates. I mean, we'll we'll debate the issues. Is not that what we do? We debate the issues in it. Not if you're a Democrat. Um, right, so what, what do you they, mean by that? They don't debate. <laughs> There's no Democrat? debating. Are you, so you're <laughs> saying that the Democrats were allowed to not debate because there there was no there was the absence of outrage in the media. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, the media, unfortunately, um, in in many cases, not all, but in many cases, they have become, you know, another arm of the DNC. And, you know, unfortunately, the investigative media, uh, investigative journalism is is on the decline in our country. Um, You know, it's it's we used to wonder how the Russian people could be so duped by so many different things and and people would say oh well it was Pravda and now we have our own version of Pravda and we see what's going on and we see how the media drives the narrative I mean how in the world did we have a governor elected in Pennsylvania without having one single debate are you how serious? do we have are you serious we didn't have any debate not one not one and you're saying that the media governor. happened Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why why were they not calling out for for debates? Why were they not requiring and asking, you know, the, the different campaigns? They should have well, been clamoring for debates. Well, all, I know all that there were attempts to set them up, but they were rebuffed by the Shapiro campaign. And now we have a governor who has never debated uh, for that position. And, and that's unbelievable to me. So are you saying to me that that, well, I mean, what you do, I mean, Mr. Ellicott just spent millions of dollars overcoming it, you know, the, by debates, <laughs> by putting his name, by, by putting his word out there in the in the form of all kinds of media releases. But I mean, he had millions of dollars to spend, didn't they? Didn't they have like 30 or 40 million dollars they put into his campaign? I think you're talking about Josh Shapiro. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So we didn't have- remember, remember FTX, man? Um, 
I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see if he got some of the money from the the former uh, chairman of FTX, which is a digital uh, currency that has gone bankrupt. And they said that it is a classic Ponzi scheme setup. And now it comes out that he, the, the young man that was the, uh, the head of the corporation was the second largest donor to the DNC, right behind no none other than George Soros. He gave, I think it was close to 35 or $40 million to the DNC for races throughout the country. Well, why, why, why would the Republican Party in that, I'm, I'm just trying to get this right. Forgive me if, I mean, I, now Annette and I have talked about this, but I want our listeners to benefit from our conversation. So I want to share with our listeners. I'm going to ask Annette the question that I know how she's going to answer, but our listeners may or may not know. Annette, how, how is it that the Republican Party would allow their candidate to not get any money, uh, to basically withhold money from their candidate so their candidate, our candidate, uh, Doug Mastriano, could get his word out? Why did they prevent him from having money and why did they prevent his words from getting out? Uh, why were they content on? Why were they intent on losing? What was it, was losing their plan, Annette? Well, if it wasn't their plan, it certainly was accomplished, um, and that is that is the problem uh, well, at this I mean, point. Annette, I mean, Annette, Annette, Annette it, let's let's just be candid here, okay? Was losing their plan? Oh, I think it definitely in terms of of them throwing the race intentionally. Absolutely, it was. That's right. They would rather have a Josh Shapiro who is a hardened Democrat leftist in the position of governor of Pennsylvania in a time when our economy is and the people of the, of the, the Commonwealth are hurting, they would rather have a Josh Shapiro in as governor who is going to put more taxes on energy in this state, well, who's going to prevent that? us from drilling. Because they didn't want somebody like a Doug Mastriano, who was a Tea Party candidate, who is a candidate that said, look, you know, he aligned himself with Donald Trump. And a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people said we would rather live under a Josh Shapiro governor than a Doug Mastriano. And the number one issue that they that many women voted on was the abortion issue. Nothing else mattered. Table, you know, the, the kitchen table issues were secondary. Well, I, I think, I think, Annette, I, I think maybe there's a little jumping there. I, I don't really believe that uh, the only people that care about abortion are the people that want to restrict abortion like us and people that want to increase abortions like the maniacs. Okay. <laughs> Nobody else, anybody in the middle does not does not talk about abortion. So I don't know if abortion was the driver. I think what was the driver was fear. I think they they were instilling fear on people with Mastriano's ads. They were trying to paint Mastriano as as, as somebody he wasn't. Their plan was to create a, a metaphorical caricature, if you will, of Mastriano and make that a fear factor for people to come out and vote. In other words, in other words, Pennsylvanians will tolerate higher gas prices to avoid what Mastriano, to avoid the fear uh, that what they were afraid of, but based on the advertising that they were putting out on Mastriano. It wasn't abortion. I don't believe abortion was the issue. Again, the only people that care about abortion are the people that want to prevent abortions like us and people that want to increase abortions like those insane maniacs. That's really all there is to it. Okay. What's amazing to me is people don't see ghastly anymore. What's amazing to me, and this is why I don't buy into that, because the former governor of Virginia, when he was talking to that reporter about 
how to handle a live baby that, that survived an abortion. What do you do with that baby? He said, well, we'll set it aside on a stainless steel table and we'll have a conversation about what we what to do. While the baby is gasping for breath, they're going to let it suffocate. They'll let that baby die right there in front of them. That ghastly scene that I just described to you is what the former governor of Virginia said on a radio show in an interview. And I remember watching it on a video. So I could I actually heard it and watched it in a video. And you should, if you had seen, you ought to go on YouTube and check it out or go on Rumble and check it out. But the face of the reporter was priceless. Because the reporter, you could see the ghastly look on this reporter's face as this governor made that statement. Make no mistake about it. People were not voting to increase abortions in that. They were not voting for that. They came out and voted against Mastriano because they were afraid Mastriano was the individual, the person that that the communists said he was in their ads. And because the, the Republican Party kept money from Mastriano, he had no way of debunking it. And without a debate, and again, all this is behind the scenes dealings. They had to make these deals behind the scenes. This is what's even more nefarious. So again, the question is, why would the Republican Party not give money to Mastriano and allow Josh Shapiro to create a metaphorical caricature of the man and not give him the, the, the resources in which to debunk that? Why would they do that? Because it was their plan to lose. You see, and that's what Annette and I understand. I want our listeners to know. It was the plan of the establishment to come in second. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. I mean, it, they would rather have someone that they can control than someone like a Doug Mastriano who basically said, I'm going to buck the system because I'm going to stand up and do what's right. I'm going to question the authorities when it needs to, when they need to be questioned. I'm not going to just go at, along to get along. I'm willing to stand up and, and call things out when they need to be called out. And, and that's the kind of person that, frankly, the establishment doesn't want. They don't want people like that in, in Harrisburg or in Washington. Or anywhere else, for that matter. Look at look at what's happened across the country with with all of the different races that people were talking about. You know, there was going to be a red wave. There was going to be a you know a huge outcry. There was going to be a, a Titanic shift. And this is the part that just absolutely basically bucked the entire history, entire traditions. Normally, you have when when you have one party rule, when you have a midterm, you usually see the Congress, or the presidency switch. There's usually a change, and it's usually the Congress in, in, in a midterm during a presidential, um, during a presidential uh, term. But, 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 but hold on, but, but to put that, I know you're repeating what we've been hearing, and that's been the truth, by the way, folks, since 1994. But prior to 1994, that was not the truth, was it? Right, right. Okay. But traditionally, you know, since since the 90s, yes, that's that's been kind of kind of the system where, you know, if you have one party rule in a midterm, it'll change because right. people get a little nervous when one party gets too much control and they work. Um, they, they maybe they push their agenda a little too far or something happens where pe there's a little bit of pushback. Um, now we didn't see. Um, a strong pushback. And a lot of people are saying, well, that's because the American people actually agree with yeah. a lot of what President Biden is doing. Yeah. And I, I cannot disagree more. Yeah, I, the I, fact I, that, I, yeah they're, they're, they're crazy if they think that. 
Yeah, let's look at what really did happen. First off, the Republicans won. I mean, all of their incumbents won. Okay, that's not, you don't see elections where incumbents win. Even here in Pennsylvania, no incumbent Republican got beat. All right, now, the the way the Democrats are even in any position to take the, the state assembly by one seat is because of the bust out of Allentown and Reading and Pittsburgh and these other metropolitan areas that are Democrat havens. The bust out of these places with the uh, with the electorate. But make no mistake about it, folks. They're not in control of the state. Now, they have the governorship, that, but the governorship's been weakened. But, you know, I mean, the bottom line is the Liz Cheney's of the Republican Party hate Trump so much that they refused to, because they all knew, everybody knew Trump was going to make his announcement to run. And they all decided, let's let's throw the election. Let's mis- let's misspend the money from the Senate a fund from the U.S. Senate fund and from the Republican uh, U.S. Senate fund and from the Republican Governors Association. Let's mis- misallocate the money. Let's throw these elections and make it look like Trump America is no longer a will of the Amer- Republican Party. Let's make it look like Trump's unpopular. Let's let's make make it look like Trump's the cause of them not having a red wave. They actually took money out of Bolduc's seat out of New Hampshire so they could bolster up Lisa Murkowski in a, in a state where the Republicans going to win. But they wanted Mikowski to win, not not the other candidate. They misspent the money in these races. They gave no money at all to Doug Mastriano. We know that. They gave no money to Carrie Lake, none. I mean, again, another one where a backroom deal had to be made. I mean, why would Katie Hobbs not want to debate, you know, Carrie Lake? Why, why would she not want to debate? Who would not want to debate their wonderful, grandiose ideas of a utopia, Annette? Why wouldn't Josh Shapiro want to get out there and debate green policies with Mastriano? Why? Because they're not real. Because his viewpoint of his utopia, his 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 views of a utopia aren't even real. Mastriano would show them all off for what they really were. Carrie Lake would have done it. These are master communicators, Shapiro and, and, and Lake. And they knew that those those grandiose pretend fake ideas weren't going to go anywhere and, and the americans in arizona and in pa were going to be woke up to the fact that they are insane policies you know i made a comment on election night coverage when i was doing election night coverage i actually made a comment when they asked a question about fetterman and, and uh and and shapiro and i said well i said why the state would want to vote for anybody that has brain damage over renowned heart surgeons beyond me and why anybody would want to vote for a guy a, 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 gov- a guy for governor who's not only never held a job, but as an attorney general, and before he became an attorney general, never even tried a case. I mean, this is a guy that's, he's an, he's an activist. He's a, he's a professional activist. So why would, why would, you know, what, what kind of public policy comes from people who believe that the melting polar caps are going to thrust Florida underwater in 30 years? What kind of public policy are those people going to come up with? Crazy public policy. That's what they're going to come up with. Reprobate people come up with insane public policy. And when you're dealing with a, a spiritual war, you don't want light to be shown on their their uh, their their evil policies and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you said something about why why would they want to debate? Well, Katie Hobbs didn't have to. She got to oversee her own election. She did not recuse herself. So she was actually in charge of the election while she's running for governor. I mean, come on. 
that that's the kind of stuff that yeah well it's not illegal but it certainly smacks of being unethical i think yeah yeah you know and that's the kind of stuff i think that people are getting really sick of and if people don't wake up and by people i mean the church in general we need to stop talking about well we need to just let you know the the government be the government and the church needs to be the church where does it say in the bible that we're supposed to segment off certain things and god's not allowed in it because I haven't seen that anywhere. We are supposed to be salt and light in that arena. And if we're sitting back in our pew, we're not getting out and voting, we're not making our voices heard, we are allowing darkness to overtake the light in those areas. And then we wonder why our society is crashing down around us. You know, it's interesting. You asked the question what the role of the church is. It's the church, it's the, the Holy Spirit, which makes us restrain against allowing evil to overcome problems you know we 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 restrain evil we overcome problems by by the holy spirit the gospel changes people from inside makes us all new creations you know love god love others and love the the three love the three institutions you know family the the the, the individual conscience the family and of course society that helped god inspired society that he he inspired through the constitution in this country those institutions from god you know, that's the reality of it. The role of the church is to get out and vote. The thing of it is, our duty is to vote. We leave the outcome to God. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's what we do. Exactly. And the problem is there's 25 million Christians across the country that are not even registered to vote. They don't need, they're not even in the game that much. And that is a problem because when we are not engaged and we are not out talking, it doesn't mean you have to become an activist. It doesn't mean you have to become, you know, run for office, but you can get out there and vote. Educate yourself, educate your families, educate people around you, help them to understand the issues. If you don't know, find somebody that does and ask them to explain it to you so you can explain it to others. Eric Metaxas has been um, has written a book that is just absolutely fantastic, challenging the American church to wake up because the parallels between the, the German church right during the rise of Hitler, he said the parallels are, are just absolutely astonishing and terrifying at the same time. And he said, we are on a precipice right now as the church. Our responsibility is to drive the culture, not to allow the culture to drive us. That's right. And by allowing the culture to tell us to sit down and be quiet and separate church and state, which is an absolute lie, it's a lie. That was That's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Declaration. It was written by Thomas Jefferson. And his idea was he did not want to see a state-mandated church. That's what his concern was. That's where that came from, was the idea that the state should not be mandating what you believe and how you believe. That's where that idea came from. But nowhere does it say we should not be involved. And I have had people tell me, pastors talking about this issue, saying, well, our main goal is to spread the gospel. Well, how much easier is it to do that here in the United States with freedom than it is to do in, in some countries where there's no economic freedom? So your main concern is, do I have food to eat for the day? Do I have a roof over my head? How much time do they get to spend sharing the gospel when they have to be concerned with just surviving day to day? Or what about countries that are controlled by theocracies? Take a look at our... Well, for Iran, instance, you yeah. um, well, Annette, we're don't have do that, that freedom. 
we got to leave it there, Annette. Thanks for that thoughtful pontification. We do have to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in, folks. Thanks for being with us today on our show. See you next week on The Watchmen. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.